You can find me in the 305, we gon' sign 95. So pass you that and what it is. Welcome to the Game of Life Mentoring Podcast. I'm your host, Gail Nelson, President and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters of Miami. What you just heard was little Jay Vilpin, and guess who's in the studio with his big brother? We got Jay Vilpin in the house and the Michael McCullough, for Executive Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer of our Miami Heat. Michael, welcome to the studio, brother. You know, thank you, Gail. It's you always already, great to be here. Thank you, brother. Jay, yo, yo, yo. L- little bro, that music sounds on? pretty good. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Uh, no doubt. So thank you both for being here. And wow. Michael, back in 2008, a relationship was formed. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that first experience meeting this young man. Well, we were just talking about we had just started our program. And Gene was the first little I ever had. Yeah. And this, this little kid comes in who can't sit still, <laughs> can't stop talking, and had this infectious smile and great personality. <laughs> but he was just a little unfocused, right? Just a little unfocused. But you could tell, like, it was all there. Like, everything that we're seeing here now today was evident back in 2008. It was just like, how do we get him to harness that energy and that drive and that enthusiasm that he had for life and everything that he was doing, how do we just get it channeled? And that's that's what we focused on. Those four years was like getting Gene ready for this kind of success. And when you think about that, uh, I'm gonna stay with you for a minute, Michael, when this this little guy, and again, you've heard Gene and Jay, right. there's that. There's a branding, you know, you know a little bit about marketing, Michael, and so there's a little branding taking place, so obviously his name is Gene Vilpin, but he's got a brand now, too. So when, he, when you saw that transformation with, with, with Gene, what did you do, and when did you see that, that turn take place? Because he was awarded, uh, we invested in him pretty significantly through our partnership with Carnival. Yeah, Jay earned the scholarship. There you go. Right? It wasn't, we didn't give him anything. There you go. He earned it. And we started talking about that right as if he's a freshman. Because mm-hmm. Jay's grades weren't where they needed to be for the scholarship. And so we would focus on that all the time. Like, dude, this is a great opportunity. Like, you get this scholarship and it's going to open up all these doors for you. But we had, again, focus and like concentrate on the grades and get those grades in place. And then once we got comfortable with that, I remember we talked about the interview process mm-hmm. and we really wanted to focus on that because it's like you got to go in there and you got to let these people know that they should be investing in you. Mm-hmm. Make them make them make the case. Yeah. Make the case. I like that. I like that. So Jay tell me about there's so much we're going to talk about in terms yeah. of music. We already heard a a little a little taste. Yeah. Well, that was get, that was get right, wasn't it? Yeah, that was get right. That yeah. was get right. Yes, so speaking of getting right and you staying focused and with your big brother Michael here in studio with you, when you first met him, mm-hmm. what was going on in your world? Um, at that point in my life, I was uh, I was in marching band. Um, I was in ninth grade. I was at Michael Crop High School. Um, it was a very hard for me to adjust because I was going to schools. Um, in my area, um, in, in the Little Haiti Morningside area, like uh, Little River, Phil, uh, Phyllis Miller, you know, stuff like that. So going to a magnet school for the first time was very weird for me, you know, because uh, I was 
honestly one of the only black kids in all of my classes. Like literally, there'd be two, three black kids in the whole class um, at that time because I wasn't gifted. And um, it was very, very hard for me to uh, adjust in school, um, grades wise and things like that. But I was able to figure it out um, thanks, well, a lot of help to, to Mike, you know. And, and Ansel, I'll give him his props. There you go. Well. Shout out to Ansel. And you had some folks uh, uh, with, and you were going over to the Heat, just to be clear yeah. for our audience. You know, we're here in studio uh, with big brother Michael McCullough with his alumni little brother, mm-hmm. grown man now, Jay <laughs> Vilpin. Uh, and so you were a part of a school to work program. So yeah. once a month, you would leave the high school and go to the arena. Yeah. I mean, the home of the Miami Heat. So your first time walking in that building, I mean, what went through your mind? Oh, man. Um, I just I just thought it was just cool, man. I just thought, man, look at, <laughs> look at all this stuff. Like, this is... This is how business happens. This is this. I I was really intrigued in the in the inner workings of it because you know you see everything on TV and I was always a kid that wondered, okay, how does this happen though? How? So seeing a lot of the hows was really cool to me and him showing me and like a lot of times we would sit. Uh, he would let me sit in on his meetings and I would watch um, as he would uh, interact with these different companies or different people within the heat. And um, and strike those deals and make and get those decisions um, to make those things happen. You know, it was it was really cool. He put you in the room where it happened. Yeah, yeah. And to see, let's let's take it one step deeper to see a black man handle his in a position of authority, yeah. handling his business. Did that impact you in any way? That it actually impacted me a lot because, like, I had I did I do have a dad and he's a very um. Uh, he also is an, an authoritative uh, figure as mm-hmm. well in, in the community. He's also very um, big in the community. He actually got a day in Miami. Uh, September 18th is Gene Vilvin Day. That's pretty right? cool. That's pretty but, cool. Um, um, having more than one of a pillar like that was super dope, man, because a lot of people don't get that. And I really feel like having more than one um, black man that really believed in me and what I was doing and showing me like how he's living his life, waking up five o'clock in the morning to do spin classes, and you know having side side hustles, and and his kids are are all going to college, and I, I saw that, and I thought that that was super dope. So yeah, Michael, we spend time. Shout out to our friends over at Carnival, mm-hmm. uh, but we spend time talking to a lot of kids at least once, two days out of every year, right? And there's a pattern. I've heard the word consistent. We talked about it pre-show. You know, Jay mentioned consistency and how that's helped him. We have so many talented kids in in our South Florida area and, of course, across the world. But the inconsistency with adults. Mm-hmm. And when you put your little brother in a room where it happens, you, and, that, and you're a father, too. So, again, how does that why does that why is it so important, uh, if you will, to have that consistency and for kids to see business take place well you know when when i first started having gene <clears throat> i was like you know what i'm, I'm not going to change my schedule yeah I, i'm going to let gene like i got meetings gene's coming along and i was dragging him all over the place like yeah. we got to go over here and we got to go over here because that's that's my day you know that's why i love my job so much because i'll do 20 different things in a day and, and while gene was there for that those four or five hours he was just coming along with me so he would get to see me do all these different things and engage with all these different people yeah. and that was important to me to just just see what i do and I wasn't trying to impress him. I just want you to get this breath of experience and mm-hmm. see how things happen. 
And then, yeah, we would talk about my kids, and I would tell them, what, you know, what's going on with my kids in and, and, and my house, and, you know, you come to my office and all my records are up. And we, oh, we're going to talk about sometimes that. Sometimes yeah, we would yeah, just talk was, about records, mm-hmm. you know. We'd, we'd spend the entire time, we'd just get records out, and we'd be talking mm-hmm. about Wait, now, hold stuff. on a second. Hold on a second. So, Michael, I need you to explain to our audience what your office, take them on a virtual tour of your office. It's going to tie right in. Perfect segue. You should really be in marketing, brother. <laughs> it's a perfect segue into Jay's musical journey. So when you walk into the office of Michael McCullough, what do you see? Well, the first thing that you're going to see when you walk in on the back walls, I've got all this incredible vinyl on display and all mm-hmm. these cubbies. There's like 18 cubbies, and there's always vinyl on display. And if you open up the cabinet, I've got hundreds of albums stacked up and the thing is and gene got to do this sometimes too is there's always a theme with the vinyl and Mm -hmm. you've got to figure out what the theme is it could be similar producers it could be Mm -hmm. um you know a specific genre or anything but yeah yeah, gene and i would get the records out and we would actually i'd let gene like let's figure out a theme and and then anybody that's in our office they come to my office and they look and they try to figure out what the theme is can we can we stump them, you know? And that was always a thing. So we would always we we'd always play with that. But you know, that's a big part of my life, is a big part of his life, and that's one of the great things about Big Brothers Big Sisters is the matches. Yeah. Yeah, we were per- we were a perfect match. I mean, we really oh, were. Like, I mean, he loved trumpet players. I was into Miles, and we would just sit and talk about stuff. So the matching is 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 great because it gives you those commonalities and those things that make it easy for you to converse. Mm-hmm. And, and that takes away the, the difficulty of actually getting down to do the whatever the work is that needs to be done and the help that needs to be offered. Mm. Once you have that commonality and that, that ease of the relationship, everything else just flows. So you're peeling back the onion, if you will, uh, because the connection, here's an accomplished black man, here's a little brother that sees that, you're in the business meetings, yeah. seeing the negotiations and the strategy, a solid brand like the Miami Heat, and we are, we're all representing brands today. That We're going to talk yeah. about that as well. Powerful. But then the musical connection. So to your point, Michael, uh, seeing your little brother's interest in music and how you all could bond, and just another point of connection. Yeah. So now, Jay, music. Yeah. When did you first become interested in music? Um, and tell us, yeah. take us on your musical journey. <laughs> well, um... I first got into music uh, around nine years old. Um, I always like like I liked hip hop and stuff like that. I kind of got into that a little bit later than everybody else, because um, everybody was listening to that as like fourth grade, third grade. You know what I'm saying? But my parents really tried to separate me from that type of stuff. Um, but they they wanted me to, to 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 do something, and I was at that point I was in art. Um, so I picked up a trumpet. They actually forced me to play trumpet. Mm. Um, I wanted to play the drums, okay. but I didn't have the uh, the focus <coughs> at the time that it took to um, play the drums. I can now play the drums. I just don't. <laughs> but um, I didn't have the focus at the time to do it. So um, they gave me a horn, and I guess maybe they thought that I had the, the natural apt for it. And uh, it, I just started playing trumpet. And that was from around fourth, fifth grade up until, um, yeah, until now. But I got into college. Well, I, I got into high school. I got into Miami Beach. Well, I got into Michael Crop first. And at Michael Crop, I was in the magnet program. I, I actually auditioned for the art program. Um, but they said that the art program was full, and they asked if I had any other talents. And I, I was like, I play trumpet in church. Like, I can bring, <laughs> I, can, I can get Let it. Let me go grab it. Like, and they're like, yeah, yeah, get it, get it. And I was really like, oh, okay. So then I went and I got it. 
Um, I took the little theory test, and then I, I played my trumpet for Mr. Seidel at Michael Crop. And, um, Seidel? Yes, Pringle Seidel. Um, he ended up, uh, he liked me uh, because I guess I played, um, because I was from uh, Horace Mann and um, in that little Haiti area, and he really wanted to, to bring me over there. So I was there for a little while. Um, like I said earlier, it was kind of hard for me to adjust with the school aspect of things um with with the acade- the academic side cuz I was in all gifted classes like all gifted classes um so I ended up leaving crop I went to Miami Edison for a while and then from Miami Edison um I jumped over to Miami Beach and then from Miami Beach I joined the marching band there and the teacher he was a university of Miami graduate and he just he was like yo you're going to be the best trumpet player in the world man you're going to be an artist bro you're going to do yeah man just do it do it do it <laughs> so he um encouraged me to go to band camp and things like that at FAMU and I um I took I took those opportunities I auditioned for the heat band around that same time actually um got in and I was the youngest person in the heat band for a very long time um for at least five years um from like 2009 2010 all the way up until like I left for college um for good in 2014 but I, I left in 2012 so in 2012 uh, um, I went to FAMU, but the band had got suspended the year before. So okay. um, it was it was a weird situation. Um, the school was not very active, um, but I did still have my <clears throat> scholarship, and they um, were still we were still performing and doing things, but just with the uh, smaller ensembles and wind ensembles and things like that, jazz band stuff like that. So, um, but my mom got into a car accident, um, and I really wanted to work and not have to worry about my mom sending me money so i came back to miami in 2013 for a year and then went back to famu in 2014 to graduate and then from 2014 um well i mean excuse me in 2016 is when i finally graduated um i was section leader at famu um of the marching 100 we did we had went to carnegie hall performed the carnegie hall Mm. um you know we did a million other things that may or may not come up in the conversation (laughs) um and uh but carnegie hall being definitely one of the more important ones um that's a nice place yeah it's dope let's pause for a minute because michael alluded to it and you've said it a couple of times as i look at this young man here michael gifted program yes you earned and were awarded a scholarship you were one of the recipients. You graduated with class of 2012. And upon graduation from Beach High, you earned a scholarship that took you yeah. to the HBCU in Tallahassee. Yes, sir. Florida A&M, home of the Rattlers. There you go. Right on cue. <laughs> right on cue. You should be in marketing, too. You've been around some, <laughs> some great marketing people. I'm telling you. We're going to go on the road. We're all going to go on tour. <laughs> and so for, in the Marching 100, performing at Carnegie Hall, Yes, I'm just, I want that just to, I, just, I have to say it, yeah. just to hit that nail one more time. And so, Michael, as you saw, and you, of course, you are, you all have kept in touch over the years and stay in touch. I mean, how'd that make you feel, seeing this, here, this young, musically inclined brother just being exposed on the biggest of stages? Well, it, it was fantastic. And the most important thing that that did for me was made me want to keep being a big brother. Come on. That success with Gene was like, I want to replicate that. Like, mm-hmm. I want to keep doing this because mm-hmm. I'm certainly not going to take credit for who I see sitting here, but I know I had an impact. Yeah, you, you know, did. Whatever, big, little, whatever, I know I had an impact on Jay's life. 
in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And I helped him achieve what he's achieving now. Like you think about in, in sports, like your coaching tree. And with me, it's like, it's, I'm not a coach, but I have the, uh, a, a legacy behind me now with littles. Yeah, you do. How many? Gene's my first. I'm on my fourth little now. Oh, dope, I'm on my fourth little. So Did I you know that, going. big bro? Not that, that makes you a big brother. <laughs> yeah, so right? from little brother to big brother. I got nephews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. So legacy. Yeah. So I wanted, to keep, I wanted to keep going, and I wanted to keep going, but the inspiration was Jay. Like, he mm. inspired me to keep doing this. Cool. I'll just man and package your life. Oh, <sighs> uh, man. Like a, a showing me organization, showing me uh, consistency, showing me what it looks like um, to be an African American man um, and and do the things that he does, you know, and being able to talk and be in certain places and people see him and there's no there's no color, there's no bias, there's no it's you're listening to what this man is saying and there's this is happening, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, he ha also has patience. Um, he had a lot of patience. He has a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, there's there's a lot of things that I can just describe just, just thinking about it, but he spoke a lot of life into me and just showed me that I can do more than, than what, than just what my parents have told me that I can do, even more than what, like, the world has told me that I can do, you know? And even with my life experiences has, you know, like I, I literally saw like, wow, like this, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is the American dream right here. Like this mm -hmm. is, this is it right here. So that's, I really appreciate that for that model and for him to pour those, uh, those things into me, you know? Igniting the power and potential of our youth. Mm -hmm. Igniting, pun intended with the heat. I do that from time to time, Michael would tell you. <laughs> that is our national mission statement I just quoted. We ignite oh, wow. the power and promise of our youth. And what you just said took me there. But let's look at this thing full circle. You mentioned Mr. Bringo Seidel. He was yeah. in the building two weeks ago. Oh, wow. We had about 50 young kids from Liberty City in this building, and wow. they did a performance. Was it a music project? A music project. We just did a, some some demonstrations, if you mm -hmm. will, and we have over 50 littles that signed up oh, very cool. to get involved in music. Nice. And so if you know a trumpet player available, like on Saturday, April 16th, mm -hmm. maybe we can talk just to grace the stage for a minute. So check, so speak, because <laughs> then you're a busy brother. You just got off tour. Yeah, yes. You just got off tour. And talk to us about the exposure and your musical journey as well. Um, yeah, I just got off tour with Drumline Live. Um, Drumline Live is a, a theater group based off of the um, black experience. Um, when you go to an HBCU, um, it started with the same producers as uh, Drumline, the movie that was in 2003. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we're notably um, popular for the uh, Beyonce uh, 2018 Coachella performance that's on Netflix right now. We actually got a Grammy for that as well. Very nice. Um, Drumline Live, uh, I, I've been touring with them for a while. Um, it's 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 a very cool. It's all black. It's all black production, literally, one hundred percent. So right. Yeah, and it's, it's super dope, man. And so you mentioned to us when you were uh, out, I think in Los Angeles. You look in the audience, yes. and who? Do you, so you're performing on stage. Yes. And we're gonna just name drop a little bit. You're on stage performing, little bro, and you look out and you see whom? Herbie Hancock. Rocket. Angela Bassett. <laughs> 
and a couple more big wigs that I was just like, I could not believe this. I'm performing in front of these people and they're clapping for us. <laughs> wow. That's, that's pretty yeah, special. Yeah. Angela Bassett was going, she's like, ah! <laughs> I mean, it's something about the beat. This, yeah, I mean, it's in, in our culture. It's just music is a big part of that. Let's let's take it back to you mentioned your mom and how hard she worked. Mm-hmm. And as we think about just music and the messages, and your mom's a police officer. Yeah, yeah. Talk yeah. to us about that. Um, yeah, man. Oh well, my mom. She came here from Haiti. Well, she came from from Haiti via uh, Bahamas. And she is a, a police officer now. She actually learned how to read and write English here in the States uh, after her 18th birthday. So she was illiterate for a very, very, very long time. And um, But she really wanted to learn how to do that. Um, she also was overweight. She, had, she was about 305 pounds or something like that. And she lost over 100 and about, yeah, about 100 and something pounds, 120, 130 pounds, and um, joined the police academy. <laughs> yeah, I watched her do all of that and um oh, she went through it twice because she broke her ankle on the last month and she had to start all over. Wow. And she went through it twice and now she uh trained. She's like a field training officer, I believe it is. Yeah. How long she been a police officer? Uh is now about 10, 11 years now. That's incredible. Yeah. And that message, <clears throat> excuse me, that message of resilience and what she's gone through. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. That helps you just keep it moving. Man. Keep it moving. Man, my mom is a G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Michael, let's talk branding. We, we referenced it earlier. Uh, there's so many brands represented. I mean, obviously, you're in charge of that heat brand, and you all just set the stage. And uh, personal and professional brand. Uh, this young man's got a, got a brand, too, that's in studio. Uh, and people can see it right now. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. We're going to talk about that. But when you think about the right stuff, the good stuff, Michael, in terms of marketing, for these kids to recognize they have a personal brand. Mm-hmm. If they're a part of a company, there's a professional brand. How important is that for kids to maintain a positive brand and reputation? Well, it's incredibly important. And what I tell kids, you know, Jay's age, and when I speak to kids all the time, the first thing I tell them is <clears throat> at your age, the only thing that you have to worry about marketing is yourself. That means your grades. That means how you present yourself. That means how you conduct yourself. Like your personal brand <clears throat> as a young person is is almost all within your control. And you got to get a handle on that, right? Mm-hmm. You got to get a handle on that. And I tell kids that all the time. And then as they start to uh, get a little bit older and start to look for jobs and filling out applications and all that, I'm on them. And I, you probably remember, like I'm on them about Grammar, Mm. Mm -hmm. spelling, website addresses that aren't stupid, Mm -hmm. you know, email addresses addresses that aren't dumb, like all these things that all speak about you when people don't, we don't even know people are looking at you. Mm -hmm. Things that you are completely under your control. You guys got to be thinking about these things and and you don't have to overthink it, but you know, if you have an email address, like, Think about your email address. I never, I will never forget. I <laughs> got to do this, Michael. I use this example all the time. Right. I think it was one of the first times I met you, and right. you're presenting, and you said, if you send me an email with cutie with a booty at <laughs> yahoo.com, and that, that's just, a, again. Sexy just, face 69. Uh, <laughs> just, you said, I'm throwing it away. That's my favorite one. That, that's a legitimate 
email address. QT yeah. with the booty. You should see the parents yeah. that I've had when I was a teacher. Yeah. Oh, man. It's like, come on, parents. man. Parents. Yeah, their emails, man. Parents. No, let's say that again. Ooh, parents. Yeah. Parents. So as we talk mentoring, as we talk music, as we talk branding, that stuck with me. I went home that night. I'm like, listen, if I see you, I told my kids. <laughs> I said, this brother did this session that was so powerful. If I see anybody QT with the beer, I said, you ain't, I know. Yeah. Garbage. Garbage. I'm throwing it away. Yeah. I'm throwing it away. So I try to make sure that you, you they get that information because maybe QT with the booty didn't have anybody in her ear saying, right. you think that's a good email address to fill out on that application that's for right. McDonald's? Think about that. Like, you know, again, when you're that young and you're trying to get that first job, or you're meeting the parents of that guy or that girl that you're interested in. Like, you know, yeah. you don't think they're gonna like go ahead and start to stalk you online? That's right. <laughs> and they see these pictures and everything else. Like, it's yeah. all about how you present yourself and how you represent yourself and what you wanna put out there. There you go. In the world about you. Mm. I don't go and try to, you know, um, tell people to sanitize their social media. I just have to think about mm. that's your brand that you're putting yourself out in the world. How do you want people to look at you? And you got yeah. quite a few people to work for you, Michael. And when you make that employment decision, I'm sure checking social media is part of that portfolio. We're just going to pick. You want to work in marketing? Let me see what see, let's see what you got out there. Mm-hmm. Now, nah, look, it's important. It's important. <laughs> You're going to represent the Miami Heat. Come on. And I always tell people, like, if you want to represent my brand, because I'm very pers- I'm very mm-hmm. protective about my brand. If you're going to represent my brand. I'm going to dive into your brand first and see how you present yourself. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to QT with the booty, <laughs> resumes, yeah. cover letters, like yes. there's some stupid easy mistakes that people make, you know? And look, I appreciate the hustle <clears throat> that you want to get a job with one of the teams in Miami, right? But when I get a form letter that says, hey, dear Michael, I'm very interested in working for the Miami Marlins because you're sending a form letter out and you didn't check it to make sure you switched out Miami Marlins for Miami Heat. Attention to detail. Guess what's happening with that letter? Garbage, I don't care what school you go to or anything like that. Like again, (laughs) representing yourself. That's 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 who you're marketing. If you can't market yourself right, then you got no shot with us. And speaking of marketing yourself, Hmm. put that up on the screen for me, my man Lodge. You were at Florida A&M, yes, sir. if you will, and you all were just, I think, rapping and everything. So talk about your brand now, the yep. good stuff. The good stuff, entertainment. Oh, man, founded officially in 2020, but we've been around for a little while now. <laughs> um, it is a, a independent hip-hop group. Um, we uh, are comprised of uh, rappers, um, songwriters, uh, producers, um, and uh, creative um creative directors as well um and all over florida um really um we have dudes uh, we have one guy stationed in tampa one in tallahassee one in orlando and me in miami um and yeah we uh we sell beats uh we um run studio sessions we put out content uh, we put out music we um have events yeah man we're 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 a running record label yeah no doubt about it no doubt and uh, one of the things michael said earlier just your smile. You're <laughs> happy. Yes, sir. You're doing what you love. Uh, you have invested, you know, again, you earned that scholarship to Michael's point. You have taken full advantage of it, but you've also taught. Yes. Yes, okay, I So did. let's talk about, we talked mentoring, we've talked music, we've talked messaging with branding, stay with the M's, mm-hmm. if you will. But you've also taught 
kids. Talk mentorship. about your teaching. Your teaching. Yes, sir. And you through mentorship as well. <laughs> yeah, um, I mm. was a band director. I've been a band director. Well, I was a band director um, in Tallahassee, and then I came back home to Miami. Um, my band was uh, Charles R. Drew mm. in uh, Liberty City, right there on 62nd Street. You know, um, you know, shout out Linkview and all them people in Pugnese and <laughs> every every other neighborhood that's in that area. That's right. You know? But um. Yeah, that was it. Was super cool, man. I had a band of about a. Uh, it grew to about uh, over a hundred kids. Yeah, um, dancers. The marching mini one hundred. Yeah, the mini one hundred, <laughs> man. Um, it was it was cool, man. I had super super talented kids, man. That area is just it's a hotbed of of just amazing kids, and like a lot of them have crazy situations and very intriguing stories, and you want to help them and. And, and do so much for them and and the way that I was able to do that not was not only through like um you know the regular like I, I call it the regular stuff like you know the community stuff you know but like just the being able to really speak life into them and um and impact them in in, in, in showing them music and, and helping them find the uh their their passion their talent and of course it wasn't for every kid I was working in public school but I did work at a magnet school so a lot of the kids that I did bring in had the interest already. And um, I was able to cultivate that. And a lot of them now are section leaders in high school. Um, a lot of them are creatives themselves, starting YouTube channels, things like that. One of my um, dancers, she was on Liberty City Warriors. It's one of the main characters, mm -hmm. Destiny. Um, and <laughs> there's there's so many. I have kids that go to New World School of the Arts, a couple now. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's super cool, man. It was super cool. I go listen to him. I have kids right, that are now. Right, right. You paid it, paid it for her. You paid, paid it for her. I'm still young, though. I'm still young. <laughs> we didn't say you were old, but you, we might go talk about his legacy of littles. Right. But now you're talking about and it. Just it's music to our ears. Yeah. And so we're just sharing a moment there, literally, where you. I have kids that have done this. That is the impact, the power, of mentoring. That's why I come to work every day. Mm -hmm. And I would be remiss, Michael, if I didn't thank you for your individual commitment the Miami Heat for just an incredible, it's a it's a landmark partnership. I mean, there's nobody doing it better from a branding perspective, and it's clear, uh, the leadership of the Heat. So thank you, brother, for what you mean Absolutely. to me personally, uh, but also professionally for our brands as well. No, I we, mean, we believe in it. We believe in it. We bought in and uh, jumped in with both feet. And uh, like I said, I'm on my fourth little. And I this great freshman kid named David who I just – he, he, I, I, the relationship is very similar. Hmm. This kid just texts me out of the blue. Like, David is so funny. He just sends me these texts out of the blue, and he's hmm. just like, I just ate the best hamburger in my life. <laughs> You're never going to believe this. And he goes on to describe, like, how good this hamburger yeah. was. We just have this great <laughs> relationship where he just texts me stuff, and we just go back and forth. And, like, all right, man, we'll talk to you later. You know, we just have this relationship. Yeah. But he's trying to do music, so I'm going to connect you guys. That's like, special. He's, he's trying to do music, and he's a smart kid. And I'm already on about the scholarship because, Gail, as you know, his brother, Leo, yes. just received a scholarship. Yes, he did. And I'm like, David, that's you in four years, man. Legacy. Four years from now, that's you getting that scholarship, and we're going to get you there. Hmm. Full circle. Okay. I mentioned Seidel, and I just kind of, you know, I want to come back to it. Mm -hmm. The music program here at Big Brothers Big Sisters. Bringle and his wife, Tanisha Seidel, are going to run the music program here. Oh, wow. Well, that's so, cool, man. So, and just to put that, they own, you know, Evolutionary Arts. And yeah. so that's, and the kids we brought in are from Liberty City. So you see what's happening full circle. Mm -hmm. Wow. The legacy of Littles. 
the legacy of music. There's so many, and it's, it's Black History 365. Yeah, yeah. We ain't limiting anything to a month, and certainly not the shortest month of the year. Ouch. Black History 365, little bro, and so you get, the, you get the last word. So for anybody out there that thinks, oh, a little bit of time, oh, yeah, you know, Michael's with the heat, and they're probably, there's probably incentives for being a mentor. No, this, it's personal. It's a commitment from yeah. a corporate level, from an individual level. But I want you to close us out. Any way you want. You got away with words. You, you're a marketing, you're a walking marketing machine. So Man. for anybody out there, big, little, just the power, the impact of mentoring, why should they get involved? And this ain't a commercial. Mm. This is real life. You're not, you're not here for some paid endorsement. Yeah. You, know, you all <laughs> took time out to hang out with this brother in the studio, and I could not be more thankful. I so appreciate you, man. It's all good. It, this is, as you can see, I hate my job. <laughs> so, little bro, Jay Vilpin, yes, sir. take us home. Oh, man, the power of mentorship, man. Each one, teach one, man. If you, uh, I believe in that Get Right song, I believe I said, uh, if your homie's keeping knowledge from you, he's an op, right? So, you need to be showing every, everything that you learn that can um, help your life and help somebody else's life, pour that into the next person. Um, you know, that time, that love, that support. Um, I got to say, one good time, long live Jeff. That was my videographer, and he was a big um, uh, advocate when it came to uh, supporting and black business and stuff like that. Um, and just overall, just push, 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 push your peoples, man. And consistency, 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 consistency. That's, that's the name of the game, you know? Because that's, that's, what, that's what keeps us... Uh, here, man. And shout out to God. Shout out to the good stuff. Shout out to Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Shout out to Mike McCullough. Uh, shout out to Mike Randall, Heat Band. Yes, you know, sir. shout out to the Heat Band. No um, another mentor of mine. Um, and yeah, man, just uh, shout out Ansel <clears throat> Pratt, you know. And um, yeah, man, I just really appreciate you guys for uh, having me here. You know, I'm very happy to be here. Um, thank you guys for everything, man. Respect. Thank God for everything. And uh, to more, to more uh, black business and uh, black excellence, that part. There you go. Love it, little <laughs> bro. Well, Michael, thank you, brother. Got to get on anytime. Jay, you know sir. respect. And I tell you what, it can all be summarized, and we can feel for what other people are going through and do whatever we can. One of our catchphrases here is, you know, here on the Game of Life Mentoring Podcast, people want to sign up, bbbsmiami.org. In the game of life, everybody makes the team, but how you play is up to you. And the best way to play is with a little empathy. Let's go. That part. Hey. hey. How would you feel if you was me? How would you feel if you was me? But you're not. Think about why you hate. Is you jealous? Because I'm hot. Could it be because I'm feeling fun? Get that quad. I don't play no basketball, but I'm with every shot. Like every shot.